always a loaded question isn't it when we have these conversations always, always loaded um I, look i think i'm okay um which is more that can be said for the saga of the chicken at our place um but now i haven't been following this incredibly closely because i i, I have had some big big gaps in my social media consumption over the last week or so so go go right back to step one strap chickens. in dave mate so the chicken the chickens are new um, yes, all of the chickens are new. It all spawned out of a random chicken appearing in our backyard one afternoon. Um, right. Uh, and it was a bantam, it was a little thing. Um, mm-hmm. but like it, it, at least a couple of years old, it wasn't a, uh, a little chick. It was, you know, big enough and ugly enough to look after itself. And it just appeared and sort of was like, oh. Well, we have a chicken in our yard now. I said, we need to find out who owns it. So I spent a Saturday morning going around our neighbours and going, hi, do you have chickens? Um, and saying, we found a chicken in our yard. No, it's not our chicken. Okay. <laughs> so I came back to our and said, I can't find the owner. It's mm-hmm. just, well, the chicken's adopted us. I said, yeah, well, it hasn't helped that you've been putting food out for it, sure. Um, so chicken adopted us. Now, mm. that in itself was, I guess, a thing, you know? One chicken is a chicken, and, and whatever, whatever. Um, we were concerned initially that the chicken might become, uh, you know, a bait for the local cats that get around. Uh, mm-hmm. But that chicken has seen off those cats. Uh, it has made sure that the cats don't come in the yard. Now, that would be where you would kind of go, well, okay, so we got a chicken, end of story. Um, sure. Except that then little Miss Nearly Eleven decided that she would write me this great persuasive writing piece that was like, dear dad, these are the reasons why I think we should keep the chicken. Um, And it went through blah, blah, blah. And by this stage, she and Michelle were researching coops and how do we keep the chicken and all of that sort of stuff and acknowledging that in keeping a chicken, we will need to get other chickens. Mm. (sighs) So, okay. this, this, This all makes sense so far. So, 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 what we, what you're saying is in this uh, special holiday season, you have an immaculately conceived chicken has appeared in your backyard. Mark, have you decided, like, thought about taking it to work and asking about miracle status? Is that something that you Protestants do? Oh well, well, not not <laughs> not usually. Uh, that said, uh, it's a bit early to canonise the chicken. <laughs> Oh, okay. So the chicken... But, it, but, but it's seen off cats. <laughs> it has seen off cats. It got named Mrs. Cluckington. <laughs> right. um, and thus the saga began. Now, that means we had to find a place for it to live. Uh, Michelle mm-hmm. and uh, Lil found uh, a coop that is a bit Taj Mahal-esque, but it is practical and it's big enough for sort of three or four bantams, happily. Um, and okay, so we ordered that. Fine. Last Saturday a time of us recording and talking or Saturday week ago when the Queensland election was on, um, I was working at one of the polling places as a, uh, assistant ballot giver out or a person, mm-hmm. um, marking your name off, giving you your paper, doing my job. And, uh, I find out that after Michelle had come to vote, she and the kids went off to some local hen place and ordered two silky bantams. 
Uh, to move into the hen house when it arrived, which hmm. had also been ordered. Okay, right. so the hen house arrived. We built it Thursday afternoon. Um, fine. Again, all of these things, <laughs> fine. Uh, now, Steve, I know your words are saying fine, but it doesn't sound to me like it was fine. Look... <laughs> When I get to the end of the story, you'll see why I'm a little fine about it. Um, Because it's not the end of the story. It's, in fact, a whole other story now. But So we'd be noticed that Mrs. Cluckington would hang around in our yard and was resting, uh, roosting in, in like, some lily pillies that are on, uh, like, the border of our place. But then she sort of seemed to find somewhere else to roost. Uh, I suspect now it was in the bamboo um, or next door. So she would bugger off there and then come back every day. Right. It's like, well, I, I, guess, I guess she's ours. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so the thing arrives, and yep. it's too late to encourage her to try and move in, um, because she's just not interested. You know, she's a free-range <laughs> chicken. She doesn't want to be all cooped up. Um, right. And I, I just need to make sure I get the... the was it Wednesday night? It might have been Wednesday night we built the, the coop. Yep. And Thursday night... Um, like some afternoon time was spent with Michelle and some bread trying to encourage the Cluckington into the coop. <laughs> so they all got at, frustrated. So at this point, she's go, go, gone from roaming as she pleases to yes. you trying to, you know, metaphorically clip her wings. Yes. Um, and that and, was and, coming, by the way, that once <laughs> we got her moved in, because of course, once they're in, you have to give them sort of three or four days, like just not coming out time. Mm-hmm. To just get used to this is where you sleep now. Yep, uh, and, and, and she's is, having none of it. Well, she would. She wasn't keen to go in. She's reasonably smart. So Michelle gave up in frustration. The others went inside. I just thought I'd stand out here and watch her, um, and let her go in and suss it out by herself, which she did. And I just casually walked up, and shut the door. Chicken court, fine. Um. Now, she has not wanted... You are the hero of the hour. (laughs) Yes. She has not wanted us to handle her, um, so her being in there was kind of fine. We did notice then that Thursday night when she was sort of ready to settle down and she would normally go and roost, she seemed to be very anxious and was running up and down the side of the pen, obviously wanted to get out to go and roost, and then very quickly worked out that she could go up the ramp um, and go and roost in this, you know, Taj Mahal of hen houses Hmm. that has dedicated nesting boxes and all sorts of things. Um... Great. Next morning, you know, come down, open up the, the door to let her out into the rest of the pen. She comes straight out, you know, because we'd been giving her food and water and there was food and water in the pen, so everything was good with her. She was having a great old scratch. Everything was awesome. Friday happens. I get home somehow before everybody else uh, and learn that they had gone to pick up the Bantams, the other, the Silky Bantams. The, oh, the, the new ones, the extras. Yeah, yeah. So Clux has been there. Mrs. Cluckington's new new pals. Yeah, yeah, barely 20 hours in the pen by herself. Right. Right. So we introduced these two bantams and, and, you know, talked to to Lil about how, you know, there will be a pecking order established. That'll mean a little bit of, you know, pecking here and there and that sort of stuff. Fine. And there was a little bit of that. You know, a little bit of blood on the beak or that, you know, not big, but like just that that sort of stuff happens. That's while Mm -hmm. they work out who's in charge. Um, Fine. They were named Cha-Cha and Coco. And one is black and white, and one is sort of brownie, cocoa 
and they are best pals and they would hang out right next to each other. Fine. Didn't want much to do with, with Cluckington and Cluckington was very much in charge and she was walking around showing him who's boss and all the things. Okay. Get through Saturday, okay. You know, it's a little bit whatever, whatever, but you know, they're, they're fine. Nothing's outrageous. Everyone's settling in, getting things worked out. We go to church on Sunday morning. Fine. Open the door. Uh, and in, interestingly, Sunday night, all three of them had settled into the same nesting box together to, you know, have a, have a bit of a sleep. So, okay, well, that's a thing. Um, maybe they're bonding. Maybe they've worked it out. Sunday morning, get up, open the door. Clarkington comes out. The other two are still upstairs, which, you know, again, they've been in there for not very long, still working out how to get up and down. And they were living in a, in a pen before. There was no um, go up a ramp to sleep stuff. Um, fine, we go to church. We come back from church. Go out and check on the chickens. That's a fairly normal thing. Uh, at which point Lily is really worried that there's some blood on the back of Coco's head. Like, right. it looks like Clux has had a go at her. And mm-hmm. I come out and go, look, it can't be that bad. There's going to be whatever, whatever. Dave, I was not prepared for what I saw. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm laughing at, at what is, I'm going to guess a pretty distressing part of the, the, uh, the story, but having had chickens at our place for... Actually, we don't have any anymore. They, they all died. Uh, but having had them previously for quite some time, I have an inkling about what, what might not, what might come next. So, do do tell more. It turns out that Clux has had a right go, um, and as best I can work out, that means holding her down and pecking off all of the skin from the back of her head and neck. Ouch. Um, oh, like I was looking at chicken skull in a way that I was uncomfortable with. She still somehow had her eyes um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. was still somehow breathing. Um, but panic stations, lots and lots of tears. Um, first thing we try and do is um, separate, like by separate, I mean get Clockington out of the pen uh, and shoo her away and I don't care where she goes. Get out, be gone. And well, look, to, honestly, be fair, to be fair, you haven't paid anything for her. No, so this, get stuffed. Yeah, the only, the only uh, investment there is an emotional one. So, Absolutely. And by the sounds of things, that uh, emotional investment, pretty much all gone. <laughs> oh, very quickly. Yeah, she overstayed her welcome in a big way. So I shoot her over the fence. We pick up Coco and she, mate, it was the most brutal thing I think I've ever seen. And I know for everyone that's had chickens and it's a normal thing and stuff happens and stuff. Um, I didn't expect, like, two days. They had been together two days, and she's basically scalped this chicken. Um, Yeah, it's not great. Um, And so not just the skin off the back of her head and neck, but also some of the feathers around the base of her neck as well. Uh, You know, it's looking pretty thin there, uh, and blah, 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 and horrified. Horrified. So, so, so let, let me just do a quick recap on this just to make sure I'm straight. So, so far, the results of getting a free chicken mm. in your backyard has been the cost of what I have seen the photos, what looks like a fairly elaborate little uh, hen enclosure. Yes, Palace de Cluck. <laughs> uh, two new bantams. Yes. I'm going to guess there would be some uh, associated feeding yes. uh, implements and watering mm. things and bits and, and all sorts of accessories. Yep. And now we 
do not want a bar of said free chicken. <laughs> no, free chicken is now devil, uh, demon incarnate. Persona um, non grata. No, <laughs> oh, it is not the chicken that I want to be talking to or about. Right. Um, so what then happened to Coco? Yeah, look, so uh, at that point, um, uh, we met, you know, got her. And, and look, Cha-Cha, who has been very protective of her, even through the early stages, like we picked her up and sort of shut the, the door and, and um, Cha-Cha was getting a little bit distressed that she didn't know where she was because she obviously knew she was hurt. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we got some paper towel and some water and we're just sort of trying to very gently mop and wipe up the mess that was the back of her head. Um, and in, in trickling some water sort of overhead, it sort of ran forward and into her mouth and she just drank that right up. Uh, and so Michelle just sort of got some more water and a paper towel and squeezed it around her beak. And, uh, it looks like not only had Clucks been bullying them, but not letting them get anywhere near the food. Right. Um, like, this is my house and it's not your house. Because um, she, like, drank all that water and as soon as we put her then into the pen again, she was straight over to the water and the food and into it. Uh, which is a good sign in and of itself, but, like, it was this, it was a vicious attack, man. I've not seen anything like this. And then I go and look it up online to work out, well, what do we do? Uh, and there was lots of, yeah, look, this happened and blah, blah, blah. And all you need to do is this and separate the bully and, and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and, you know, you, you should be fine to go. I did ring the place that we got it from. They were open and, and the guy said, yeah, look, it should be fine. Just sort of clean it off carefully. Put some Savlon or some kind of um, antiseptic cream on it and keep that up. Um, so that, you know, that helps her heal and not get any sort of diseases or anything. Uh, and, you know, as long as she doesn't die from the stress, she'll be okay. Um, Lily is just fraught. She's, oh, distraught all over the place. Um, cause she's worried that the chicken's going to die and, and all of these sorts of things. And then of course, Clux is in it and Clux did it. And, and we were so kind to her and now this is what's happened. Oh, Dave. That's a, that's a pretty nasty life lesson for oh, an 11-year-old, yeah. isn't it? And so quickly, too, you know? Like, oh, dear. Yeah. So <laughs> the end result is that, you know, we, we've been keeping some, some cream on the, the, the wound uh, mm. and encouraging her to, I think because of where it is and that, that goes so down, far down the back of her neck. And that was the other thing, was looking down when you sort of did sort of try and clean it off and you could see the skin that remained just kind of there going... Yep. What now? Um, yeah, it just it just yeah, it looked horrid. Um, but See, I, I have questions. Yeah, please. Given, given that you know, uh, Mrs. Clackington was free ranging and was just you know roosting somewhere else and just uh, you know, coming and visiting you guys, has she been back since you kicked her out of the coop? Many, many times. <laughs> and uh, as soon as I have seen her appear. <laughs> I have been encouraging her to leave. I haven't been hitting her, I haven't been hurting her, uh, but I've got the rake out uh, and it is encouraging her to not hang around, um, which is a good thing uh, because quite frankly, if she never appears in the yard again, it will be too soon. Because of course she comes in and goes straight to the pen because she knows well, that's where the food is. Well, it's hers. You gave it to her. No, yeah, no, it was temporary. <laughs> um, very much temporary. I mean, look... Steve, 
Uh, this might be a bit controversial, but have you considered that, you know, you might be the bad guy in this scenario? Oh, no, no, I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> I just paid for stuff. <laughs> if anything, I'm an enabler, Dave. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you offered shelter and, and, and food and new digs to, to this uh, you know, wild, feral wild chicken. And then, you know, without even considering you know, whether or not she was ready for... Um, ready for cohabitation you just you know thrust these new people upon her uh, I mean <laughs> have you watched Orange is the New Black Stephen I, mean, I, w- I will you offer you should know you I should will, know that you don't just change someone's environment overnight like this I will offer that we probably introduced the, the, the two bantams too quickly the two silkies um, too quickly we should have let clucks have you know more time to get used to it mm-hmm. um I don't know if that would have changed the, the situation, though. I think she still would have been vicious um, to these other two. Um, but, but maybe you would have picked, you know, you would have had some time to pick up on that viciousness. Like, I don't know how we would have while she was by herself. Uh, well, you know, she might have started biting the children. I mean, that's always a good, a good well, sign. Well, she's never let us get angry. near her. So, uh, um, in fact, the closest I've got to her was today when I was chasing her out of the yard and she got <laughs> caught in the bamboo. Uh, like right. legit fell into the bamboo and couldn't get out. So I could have reached in, picked her up and put her in a box at that point. Uh, but instead I gently moved the bamboo so that she could get out. Um, uh, and she jumped over the fence. Um, it's, she has come back a few times and I just am straight out like, no, this is not the place that you hang out anymore. Get out. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to go tomorrow when I'm not around, <laughs> when nobody's around. Yep. Um, but it's just going to be a continue. In fact, if we get anywhere near her and we can catch her, she's going in a box and going to the RSPCA. Because <laughs> um, it's very clear the, uh, that she has been let loose, i.e. being let feral in the neighbourhood somehow. Um, <laughs> because someone's gone, you know what, having feral chickens is no fun. <laughs> oh, probably more to the point, they maybe got chickens and the same thing happened. Mm. And then maybe went, well, you can just get out. Um, and here we are. Um, so I, and it's raining on and off today. So that's the other thing too, is that she's sort of trying to come and take shelter in our other bamboo. And I'm like, no, this is not a place where you get to take shelter. This is not where you get to hang around. Plus all of the food is in the other, is in the pen. She can't get to it. They're totally safe, but I don't need them any more stressed. No, I can't, I can't imagine that they are looking forward to a a visit from Mrs. Clayington. No. Um... (laughs) Oh, Steve. <laughs> it's, it's not... Look, honestly, it's probably affected me more than I realised. Like, I just... Seeing seeing the back of this little chicken's head uh, and realising that that was her skull I was looking at was not great. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to, to, to still be making light of this, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, look, God. it's what chickens do. Oh, I understand. Golly. I met, you know, I threw it out, you know, because everyone is invested in this bloody saga now. <laughs> so I put it on social media that this is what had happened. Uh, and the strangest people respond. Grant Denyer goes, yeah, that happened to us. <laughs> uh, and said, all we did, now he lives on a farm, to be fair, was mm. we let them out so that, you know, the, the bully could scratch around and get some worms and some snails and stuff. And that was fine. Put them back in and everything was A-OK. Um, and look, that might be the case. Uh, in this situation, we're not ready to let them out yet. You know, we've only had them for two days and we don't want them to think that it's just 
you know, happy days. We When they come out, we want them to think that it's just a supervised thing. They can be out for a little while, have a bit of a ruffle, and then it's right. Like, these two we can pick up. Um, and they're, they're pretty happy about it. Certainly Coco has to be, because we're cleaning the back of her head and uh, putting stuff on it. Um, Michelle's going to pick up some antibiotic, sorry, antiseptic powder mm-hmm. that we can just spray on, like just, pff, and it goes on. So that will be the job from now on instead of the Savlon is to put that stuff on there. And all of the stuff that I read, as long as she's cared for and doesn't get any further attacks, which she won't do from Cha-Cha, about a month and the skin should be all grown back. Steve, I, I know, you know, having kids and pets myself, I know that you can't put a price tag on love. Yes. But, but do you want to give a ballpark figure of what this oh. has cost you? Not really. <laughs> oh, uh, look, would it make you feel any better to know that the uh, the chicken coop that's sitting in our uh, backyard, which wasn't as nice looking as yours, but was significantly larger from what I can guess just from the the photos. Yeah, uh, I, I think that cost us somewhere in the realms of nine hundred bucks. So I think no matter what you've done, you're probably still in front of us. Only just. <laughs> um, by the time you buy, you know, food and food, like uh, food and water bowl things, you know, feeders, um, yep. and buy two chickens. Uh, <laughs> and that's that's the other thing, right? Like, I kind of would have gone, hey, you two that we bought, if you ganged up on the other one, I would say that's not cool. Mm. But I still know who I would separate out. I would still take that one out and go, oh, yeah, they're there, it's okay. You'll be all right. Wow, they're pretty vicious. I didn't expect that. But to have, it's I kind of I guess I've kind of emotionally invested in this too much myself. To have like the street chook you know, that we've <laughs> taken in and given so much opportunity to turn on us, turn on us, and take advantage and attack to the point of possibly killing one of the chickens we bought. I will not stand for. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, oh, Steve. It, it, you do sound like you're really, really upset. <laughs> like, like, almost to the point of being personally offended by the, the way that Mrs. Clackington has basically taken advantage of, of your, your sympathy and, and then just, you know, let you down. I understand in part... That this is nature. This is how chickens work. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I was not ready for one of the chickens, particularly the chicken that we took in, (laughs) to so viciously attack one of the other chickens. To the point where, honestly, I felt like had we been away for 24 hours, we would have come home to one less chicken. Look, I I know that you're sort of... Yeah, you know, you're obviously feeling that um, Mrs. Cluckington has let you down, but do you always, can, can you hear yourself saying that you're surprised that a feral animal <laughs> that you had had in your house for less than 48 hours was the one that lashed out <laughs> and attacked other animals? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's just ludicrous. Oh, boy, oh, boy. So, so now you have chickens, so that's... 
That's great. So now, now you can't go on holidays ever again. So that, that's that's good. Yeah, which is great because we're going on holidays in a couple of weeks um, <laughs> in January. Um, oh, look, honestly, by then, Chook should be healed. Um, we, we probably will have introduced one or two more from the same place that we got these two. Mm-hmm. Um, by then, Clux should absolutely never, not even be close to darkening our door again. Um yeah, and and look, all should be well with the world by that point. Um, oh, Stephen. But, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, uh, look, I'll, look, I'll be fascinated to hear. Uh, how, how long are you going away for? A, a week. Mm, I think it's eight yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, they're not being, they're not being <laughs> left alone. We get because someone they? has to come and feed the cats. Oh, well, that's all right then. That's okay. I so, mean, oh, so you you're already in the needing pet sitting zone anyway. So yeah, well, we've got so three bad. cats and fish, so someone has to come here and feed them and clean, you know, cat trays and stuff. So mm-hmm. looking after chickens and doing that sort of stuff is not a big deal. No, oh, excellent. <laughs> oh boy, you look, Steve. I tell you what, you know, in some ways, I, I'm actually glad that I haven't had time for. Uh, Twitter and Instagram over the, the the last week or so because hearing this story fresh and not knowing where it was going has just made it so much better. Oh God! Uh, look, I hate laughing at your misfortune, Steve, but sometimes it's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Gosh! Ah, oh. uh, feral animals. Yeah, look. Uh. The, the, the only thing that we really had going for us with our chickens was that the kids never got too heavily emotionally invested in them. Um, and so that meant when the uh, inevitable tragedies occurred, uh, it was a little easier to deal with. So the first one was... Uh, so, so we got four chooks, you know, one each, theoretically. And uh, the... Uh, the first real problem that we had was that our kelpie that we had at that stage, Snurt, yes, um, took a bit of an interest in in them. You know, like yeah. would 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 sort of uh, stalk back and forth along the cage, like checking them out yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But that that was about it. <clears throat> and so, and we we knew pretty quickly that we couldn't let the um, the chooks free range in the backyard without locking Snurt in the front yard because he would start chasing them. But we thought, you know, so long as you know, we, we kept them apart, everything would be fine. So we had to go to Wagga Wagga uh, for my sister's graduation. Sure. So just a you know, quick overnight. Uh, you know, we, we didn't leave here until late in the afternoon and we were going to be back before lunchtime the next day. Yeah. And so the kids stayed with their grandparents um, and went off to school, whatnot. We thought, yeah, no dramas at all. Didn't give a second thought to the animals. When we got back <laughs> about midday, went into the backyard and noticed there was a reasonably significant sized hole on one oh, side of the chicken coop. Yep. <laughs> and I couldn't see any of the chickens at all, which was... You know, a bit concerning. They weren't wandering around. You know, I ran at the back, opened opened it up, and in uh, where the roost is, there were three of them all huddled into a corner. Oh, no. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely petrified. Yep. 
The fourth one? Vanished. Could not, could not find. Yes. We could not find that one at all. So, uh, you know, we uh, you know, refilled the hole. It's a bit late to admonish the dog. Just sort of went, wow, it looks like we're going to have to find something else. So it started, started researching and ended up purchasing uh, those. Have you, have you seen, like, the... Uh, uh, what do they call them? Invisible dog fences. Have you seen those? I've heard about them. These are like, uh, aren't they either electronic or they're like GPS kind of vibe? No, no. So uh, it was, this was a pretty cheap one. So the way it worked is you put a uh, a wire loop around uh, wherever you don't want the dog to go. Sure. Like normally you'd put it, say, across a driveway or something like that to stop them wandering out. Um, and you put a, a little collar on them that beeps when it gets close. Yep. And if they stay there for too long, it gives them a little shock. Great. Um, which... Our Kelpie very quickly realised that he didn't like, and yeah. so thankfully uh, we didn't actually have to leave the the collar on there for very long. Uh, he got the picture and stayed away from the uh, from the hens after that. Yes. Anyway, through all of this, uh, of course, it had to be um, the chicken that was nominally uh, Callie's chicken. <laughs> so, of course. So you know, like it couldn't be mine or Rachel's or, or look, even Rupert probably wouldn't have been too concerned. No, it had to be Callie's. Uh, Callie had, you know, of course, because it was her her bird, beca- you become re- you know, fairly attached. And but we thought, you know, life's life's going to move on, and we'll we'll get another chook at some point, and you know, we'll go from there. Yes. Three days later, Steve. <laughs> three days later, I wandered out into the backyard, thinking, oh, I'm going to take the dogs for an early walk. Yes. And I walk into the backyard to see the fourth chicken. Or should I say, what was left of the fourth chicken, right there in the middle of the yard? Oh no! At that moment, and, and we'd already we'd already given the kids the yeah the uh, the chickens run away story. <laughs> um, yep. And I hear behind me, like as I'm surveying this scene, the gate clicks. I turn around. There's Rupert. He's seen me going out and decided that he's going to come with me to walk the dogs. Oh. So I'm, going, I'm yelling at him to stop and go back inside because I don't know that he was quite ready to see what was left of that chicken. Oh. And uh, so we had to have a very, very uh, quick impromptu. And look, I'll admit, uh, not council-approved disposal of the body. Oh. <laughs> So yuck! Look, my theory on it, Stephen, is these days you, you are you are told you're allowed to put you know, meat scraps and things like that in your green waste bin. I was just doing it a couple of years early. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so that, that that was our introduction to to poultry keeping. Yes, uh, and we then got uh, we inherited three other chooks from some friends who moved to Darwin. Uh, and just gradually, over time, one by one, <laughs> we've had our uh, chicken population just go down, down, down until uh, uh, a few months ago, uh, the last one uh, t- t- popped its clogs, and we now have an empty hen house and absolutely no plans to refill <laughs> it. <laughs> Gosh. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. So, look, poultry keeping in the suburbs, it's great, you know. Kids love it. Fresh eggs. Well, I, I guess you're not going to get that so much with the bantams. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It, oh, boy. It, it, it's certainly... Uh, yeah, we've done that now. Let's, uh, let's move on. 
<laughs> I have great admiration for people who can uh, stick with it. That's for sure. Yeah, look, it's it's pretty. It's a thing. Hey, look, had it even been on your radar? Not really. <laughs> you know, like short of short of it being a thing, short of this chicken appearance, there was no indication or intent that we would chicken it up. Yeah. Um, not until Clucks decided to turn up. Mm. Mm. And then it was like, well, why not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dear. That's right. It's not much, and Lily seemed really keen on it, and whatever. <laughs> uh, so it's, instead, it's turned into a trauma that oh. will probably go forever. Oh, <laughs> like. Well, at least for the next month, right? While her freaking head heals, that's going to involve, you know, daily, twice daily, freaking antiseptic stuff. Oh, boy. And you know the worst thing about this is, though, Steve, is that, like, they're not going to last forever. And Correct. And they are really not worth a vet bill either. No, that's also that. (laughs) So that means... Because I've got to tell you straight up that any vet bill that we may have faced... Buy a new chicken. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But they are not the, the type of animal that you put that sort of uh, investment into, uh, from my perspective. But what that does mean is that at, at some point, and again, at least you will be able to choose to do it um, with your, your children absent. But at, at some point, you are going to have to become a chicken executioner. You you are aware of that, aren't you? Oh, that or we give them away or something. But all I know is this: what chickens no, no, last no. about ten years, right? Oh, my ours didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take. Um, mm, by that mm. time, the kids have moved out. <laughs> uh, look, look, and hopefully everything will go according to plan for you. But uh, like ours, all went um, through different sicknesses that were unidentifiable. Yes, uh, and we're we're actually really lucky in that. Uh, we have a vet who lives next door who is enormously patient uh, and over the years has uh, spent plenty of time looking over our animals to let us know whether we you know, need to do something seriously or you know, whether this is just something we can... Uh, or, or the animal can tough out or whatnot. Um, and, uh, yeah, all of, our ch- all of our chickens either uh, pop their clogs themselves or had to have a little bit of intervention... So I, yeah. I, I I hope that you get your ten years out of them, but um, yeah, I don't know. Look, if you do need any t- tips on how to strangle a chook, I can give them to you. I'm not sure I'm ready to talk about that, Dave. <laughs> we might save that for yeah d- down the track a little bit when you when, the, when you at least got back to the point of going. Well, she's had a good life. Yes. <laughs> oh, Stephen. <laughs> So many tears, Dave. Like, oh, I can imagine. Oh boy. Oh, and to uh, give you an example, right? Because of the injury now, Coco can't look up properly. Like, she can't sort of raise her neck because obviously it's an irritation, or at least it hurts because of where the skin has, you know ends and starts. Mm-hmm. Um, so she finds it hard to sort of look to go up the ramp into the into the the hen house into the coop. Yep. So when it started um, raining rather heavily here, I was expecting it to hang in and rain for ages. It's turned out it's only rained for like, you know, half an hour, um, which they would have been totally dry in under the rest of the coop anyway. 
Uh, but I got her and carefully put her up in the nesting box and then tried to get Cha-Cha and in the end she went up the ramp herself because she was stressed about, well, where'd you take her, where'd you take her, where'd you take her? Um, and they've settled down in the box up there. Uh, but yeah, Cha-Cha can get up and down fine, but Coco we have to lift and pick up and put down um, downstairs for her. So, I mean, again, that kind of fits in with the need for us to medicate her, so that works all right, but it's like, oh, man. A month of that, she's just not going to come up and downstairs. She's just going to go, no, no people lift me out. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> and all you were trying to do was make your daughter happy. That's all. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just, just trying to be a good dad. Yep. See how that paid off? Stay in school, kids. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, look, I am sorry. I, like, you, you, you do have all my sympathy, but that is still piss funny. <laughs> yeah, and look, I will laugh, you know, at some point down the road. Um, right it's now. A, but it's a bit less raw and painful, Steve. Yeah. Maybe not so much now. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, boy. Well, look, you know, the one thing you've got going for you, Stephen, is at least you're not Catholic. Because, you know, if you were Catholic, not only would you have to offer prayers for the chicken's well-being, you'd probably have to, like, pay for it, like, <laughs> <laughs> an offertory service or something. Like, <sighs> so, so you'd be out even more, even more cash. So, you know, this... You, you're at least you're on team not buying indulgences. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Great idea, us. <laughs> no, look. Yeah. See, I'm a bit funny with like because it's, it's easy to sort of say, "Oh, look. Well, you shouldn't." Know, taking a feral animal or whatnot. Yeah, but we all do. Like how Kelpie Snurt, the aforementioned <laughs> chicken murderer, <laughs> was himself a stray, um, and he was a fantastic dog for you know fourteen years. Mm. Like, like, there's no way uh, I would have not wanted to have uh, Snurt in our life. So you know, you can't even sort of blanket ban say, oh, no strays, no ferals, what, what, because you just never know, you know. And and, and the flip side of that argument is. Our cat, uh, who was not astray, who was you know, um, bought as you know part of it like a kitten adoption from yep. the vet and all you know, done you know in inverted commas the right way. Yeah, um, she's crazy and hates us. <laughs> <laughs> like she, um, she doesn't like being um, patted. She uh, doesn't like being picked up. She just doesn't like people in general, uh, and. The, the part of the reason that we brought her through the um, like the kitten adoption thing was my one of my sisters had act, had actually found a stray uh, and knew that Callie wanted a cat and was thinking of giving her the stray and she took it to the vet uh, yeah. who, who said no like whatever you do don't give this cat to uh, you know to a little girl it's just this be is a bad idea too feral too horrible it's just no big mistake. Um, get one of these, you know, nice adoption kittens, which we then did, only for it to also be an utter asshole. <laughs> so, you know, there are no blanket rules, Stephen. 
There's not, and that's the problem. Why can't there be? <laughs> I work well within a preset rules, you know, in defined environment. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, so, I, I can't imagine anything else that can come close to that, Stephen. Like, that's that's a... I mean, it, what else in your life can, can even remotely stack up to that? Gosh, not much. I don't know. That's just been everything for the past week. Oh. Uh, if not, before, well, longer in the thinking about it and the planning and the stuff. But, you know, this the last four days. Roller coaster of emotion. Mm. How's our Bitcoin doing, Dave? Well, see, <laughs> here's the thing. It's a scam. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. But here's the thing. I haven't actually bought the Bitcoin yet. That's not, because... that's not a problem. It's not like it's rap- <laughs> rapidly going through the roof price-wise. Well, no, but see, here's the thing. I was doing a bit of a reading about, about Bitcoin. Again, yes. tr- trying desperately to find somewhere that we could buy a, a 27th of a Bitcoin with the available funds that we had. You mean this unregulated, <laughs> uh, un-disorganized uh, uh, cryptocurrency that no one really understands and people have started to form... Uh, um, uh, you know, schemes to allow them to, to help you to buy into everybody wins in this wealth scenario. Their own yeah, Ponzi. That's, that's that's the one. Yeah. So anyway, well, the thing that, that, that started giving me pause, Stephen, was that I started to see some reports uh, about uh, because Bitcoin transfers are now so computationally um, expensive, they're also, in terms of the resources that they consume, like in raw electricity, also becoming really, really expensive. Like, like the, the amount of electricity that it costs for every Bitcoin um, uh, transfer these days is you know, something like enough electricity to run a house for a year or something yeah. you know, equally ludicrous. And so, you know, look, look the, I've, I've told you before about my relationship with electricity. <laughs> It, the other thing is, though, I hate paying for electricity. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, I I got solar panels on on one hand because I, I thought it was a you know a good environmental move. Sure. But also, I just hate the idea of paying power bills, and I hate gas bills as well. And so, while I'm not up for fracking, if there was some way that I could get unconventional gas from my backyard to my house, and I didn't have to pay the gas company for it, I would probably seriously consider it. But that aside. I'm now, I'm now a bit down on Bitcoin because of the idea of if we buy that Bitcoin and it takes a year's worth of electricity, like, like someone's paying that electricity cost, Stephen. Mm. And, and my, my hatred for, for, for electricity bills has now got me making, like, it's making me wonder whether it's worth doing it. And, and look, look, there's probably a big environmental argument as well. And, and if, if I was... Less callow, that would probably be the thing that I was more concerned about. And if I was smarter, that's what I would say I was concerned about. But in reality, I just hate the idea of anyone paying an electricity bill just, <laughs> yes. just so that we can buy a bit, or so we can buy a twenty seventh of a bitcoin. So, so I've, I haven't gone anywhere yet, but I've got some good news. Yeah, there's this thing called Ethereum, which is just oh like Bitcoin gosh. but cheaper. <laughs> you mean another unregulated cryptocurrency? Yeah, yeah, but. It says blockchain somewhere in the buzzword bingo about it, so it must be good. Gosh. <laughs> oh, dear. I did notice the other day, 
You know how we've been threatening to talk about incels for a while? Yep. Well, basically, ever since I found out what they were, and yes. was like horrified about it. Uh, like Reddit has actually shut down the incels subreddit. What? So you know, no, I'm not. I'm not kidding. So Reddit has actually decided that, um, and, and this is a big call for them. They actually found something that was horrific enough for them to say, you know, what we can't be a part of that. And it was uh, people referring to themselves as involuntary celibates. And, or, and, and look, to be fair, uh, it was probably the horrible misogyny um, that <laughs> went along with it that, that probably tipped them over the edge. Yeah, but, uh, yes. But again, that, that's hardly out of character on Reddit. So the fact that that, 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 that was what got them um, banned is in itself kind of amazing. Oh, gosh. I mean, I mean well, look, it, it, it's not like... And, and, and I, I'm, it's hard to transition to something after laughing about... <laughs> almost fatally injured chickens, but (laughs) it's not like misogyny goes uh, punished um, in terms of, like, the damage that it does, which is not a good thing. Like, it's just... um, It's it's sometimes... uh, Well, no, not sometimes. It's unusual to see people actually being held to account for it. Um, But I think the fact that this special kind of, of misogyny that was wrapped up in the uh, the incel subreddit, um, I think the fact that, that that these people who are complaining that no one will have sex with them are being taken down because they're being so nasty about women, it's kind of delicious. Yep. <laughs> so, so I'm sure that they'll show up on 4chan or somewhere soon enough. But um, yeah, all, all my all my bookmarks to horrible things on on slash r slash incel that I wanted to to discuss with you and get your expert opinion on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's gone, scrubbed <laughs> scrubbed from the internet. Well, I guess we fixed that problem. <laughs> Next, oh boy, <laughs> gosh, ah, uh, look, I I know you're a, a you know a very very keen Twitter person, but mm-hmm. are you are you the sort of person who uh, logs on in the morning with a sense of dread just to see what horrible things have happened while you've been asleep, or or I usually like, open it with a bit of hope, actually. Oh, gee, that's that's lovely. You know, I wonder what we'll learn today. I wonder what's going on. <laughs> right, right. Okay, see, I got myself in the, the what has Trump done now spiral <laughs> yes. earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, and so I couldn't uh, open Twitter in the morning without expecting a horror show. Um, but I, I've since sort of gone in the other direction where uh, I, 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 I'm not even really logging on and paying attention to, to it in the morning, apart from, you know, maybe some fantasy football or you know, something relatively innocuous. Um, well, relatively innocuous right up until um, crazy racists start complaining about <laughs> NFL players' protests and that sort oh, of stuff. But... Gosh. What a non-event that is. Uh, like, uh, find that they want to... And I mean the, the people complaining about them doing it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they're still going with it. Like it, it's it's not like it's done. And and like the NFL wishes it was, and, and it's just not. It's not done. It's not done by a, a long time. But w- what's been really fascinating um, from my perspective is the way that people who have been outraged about it have been coming up with whatever they want to be outraged about, and and. Claiming uh, disrespect for anyone that they think is above reproach, 
and using that as a way to attack the protesters. Because like, the whole thing about the protest uh, with Colin Kaepernick initially sitting for the national anthem was that he, like, he said that this was basically a silent protest um, against police brutality. That's it. Right? That, that, that's what the protest is about. And then some veterans groups got in touch with him and said, look, uh, we understand your protest. Um, we, we don't have a problem with your protesting. We think sitting during the national anthem is a bit disrespectful. Would you consider kneeling instead? And Kaepernick took that on board, went, yep, fine, I'll kneel instead. And you know, uh, since then, you know, other players have joined him. It's just become you know, a, a big thing, especially after he wasn't able to get a, uh, a contract this year. Uh, and he's now like sued the league, claiming that he's been blackballed. But well, uh, there is so much... Uh, so many of the complaints are, are things like, oh, he's disrespecting the military, and he's doing this, and he's doing this, and it's just like... It, it, no. Like, he explicitly took on... Um, you know, some uh, constructive criticism from people who had military backgrounds about his protest. And this is about, has always been about, and is still about police brutality. And that seems to be the part of the conversation that, um, like, that the commentary doesn't get to, like, especially the outrage commentary. Like, they are not bringing up the subject of the police brutality at all. They're just putting up all of these straw men, um, and people are going absolutely ape. Like, they are just going, like Mrs. Cluckington on poor Coco, <laughs> um, about all of these, like, pet issues that they themselves are coming up that they have decided are being uh, disrespected because there is a protest during the national anthem, and it's uh, it's weird, Malk. I I can't I, I can't tap into um, how these people are building this outrage, and it's it's not solely um, you know right wing people who do this. Like I've seen even in recently some stuff about uh, Barnaby Joyce post his election on the weekend that that and. This might shock you, Stephen, but I'm not particularly a fan of Mr Joyce's uh, policy positions or performance as a parliamentarian. But some of the stuff that people have been working themselves into a lather about is just... It, it, it just doesn't stack up. Like, it's just... It, it's being angry for, like, the sake of being angry. And it's like, look, there are plenty of genuine things to be angry about. Be angry about that and explain why that's a good thing to be angry about. Don't make up this other shit. Like, that's not helping anyone. That's not even helping your cause. It's just making you look like someone who's unhinged. I I don't understand what brings people to that point, Malk. I'm asking you to solve it for me, (laughs) just in case you weren't sure. Sure. People are idiots. (laughs) Well, that would explain it, Steve, but I was was hoping for something deeper. Oh, okay. I mean... You are my connection to the broader world, Steve. I work at home. Yep. I, I, I'm in IT. Like, I don't have any friends except for you. Um, <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I, I, I need some perspective. All right. Um, let's go deeper. People are really idiots. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think, honestly, it's when people get too fascinated by, um, you know, the thing, because we're in a culture of, of anger and fury and all of those sorts of things, aren't we? And... It's very easy to get caught up in the, um, 
controversy of the day uh, that then means, well, if we all don't like this person, then we can all focus it. Let's do it's it's a way of gathering people together. Let's all not be in, happy about Barnaby and be angry about something that we think might be true, as opposed to oh, that's right, he's in the government that made sure that um, all these bad things are happening. Exactly, and, and that, but that that's that's what just that's what I don't get. It's like if you want to be angry with him, like. There are plenty of reasons, um, and I mean, and I, and I think that like stuff like some of the weird partisan stuff is even, even stranger yeah. than than the the people who are making up their own reasons about why they should be angry with uh, Colin Kaepernick and all that sort of stuff. Because well, apart from going, well, you're you guys are just racists. Like, why? Like, who's for police brutality? <laughs> Like yes. is my question, you know. Like if you're you, the people who are angry about the process in the NFL, it's like, like, are you saying that pre- police brutality doesn't exist? Because let me tell you, cell phone cameras have pretty uh, convincingly oh, proved that that's not the case. Um, yeah. Or are you saying that police brutality is okay? In which case, really, are you sure you've thought that position through? So you know, like that that that's even weirder. But the, like the partisan ones. Are sort of like he's done lots of dumb stuff he's done plenty of things that you can be unhappy about be unhappy about them rather than just trying to flip up even more outraged about something that just doesn't stand up to scrutiny because all that does is make you look like you're oh. a dick um, <laughs> yes that's exactly it <laughs> And the worst, well, the worst well, part people of it, dicks. Oh man, maybe if we can solve that, I think we become <laughs> you know the next Anthony Robbins. Um, look, the, the broad, the broadest part of us. We think about Trump and and uh, the whole Kaepernick thing. It's like what they're doing is not against the law. They are well within their right to take a knee in a form of a protest against something that they believe is going badly or poorly. And the worst part is that we have a, 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 an emotional infant as a president of the United States of America, who just doesn't know how to process when someone disagrees with him. In fact, goes the complete opposite end of it and just takes it really personally when someone seems to slight, or it's low-hanging fruit. I can get all of my people, all of the people who are pro-me, I can gather them together around this common enemy, which is this footballer who is not standing up and respecting the flag, which, to be frank, is not something that should be respected. Right? What it stands for should be respected. A bit of material. Who gives a crap? Oh, I don't. I don't get it, Stephen. I don't get. You know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, mm, nah. It's. You, yeah. You. Yeah. We. We should be trying to solve why. Pe- why, why are people dicks? Should we? Maybe that maybe that's the the real reason why we need to be having these catch ups, Stephen, to figure out why are people dicks. Uh, got any thoughts? Uh, well, <laughs> mate. Case in point, who who let Milo speak? Who let Milo into the country to speak? Ugh. That's just what are you doing? And, and the other thing that gives me the irritants about that sort of stuff is the the people who are sort of um, jumping on the, the the free speech bandwagon. Um, when it's like, okay, he wants to be able to speak, fine, let him speak. But to do what David Lanehelm has done and invited him to speak in our parliament, yeah, 
It's diabolical, that's, isn't it? That's different. That that's not allowing him to speak. That is providing a a, a pretty powerful platform. You know, like Mog, I like talking. Yep. I even like talking about politics. I used to do it quite a bit. Yes. No one's ever invited me to speak in Parliament House. And you know what? To be quite blunt, I don't know that necessarily anyone should. Because that's not necessarily the place where I should be uh, receiving a platform. Well, to be fair, you should be able to contact David Lanehelm and ask to speak in the Parliament because he's set precedent now. Oh, look, wouldn't that be great? Uh, somehow, I don't imagine that David Lanehelm's uh, love of freedom of speech and providing platforms... Uh, he would be as open to someone like myself who uh, d- disagrees with pretty much every stance that I think he's ever publicly advocated for. Oh. Um, <laughs> so We've seen how much of a glass jaw Lionhelm has, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's appalling. <sighs> Stephen. See, this is why I don't check Twitter in the morning, because it just makes me grumpy. <laughs> yeah, look, and I can get that. I understand. Oh. Uh... Let's talk about more fun things. Let's. You, 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 you've been talking to other people on podcasts. Um, I have been, but they, it's all about the Real Housewives of Melbourne, so that might not be your bag. Um, well, no, that's why I haven't been listening to them, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm always excited to know you've been podcasting. Yeah, oh, it's a crazy thing. I have a friend of mine, Nick, um, is a bit of a, a Housewives fanatic, and, and I, we, I'm not exactly a contrarian. I, I am obsessed by the whole Housewives phenomenon, because I just think that it is crazy that we give, give these abhorrent women any kind of platform. Um, is, is, is that how you explain the, the podcast when you met them? Oh, no, I'm a little more polite than that. But I think, <laughs> I think they also recognise that they are... Like, if they've got any kind of emotional intelligence, they're playing characters. And mm. if, if they don't realise that, then they really are abhorrent. Um <laughs> It's it's just ludicrous. So season four of Melbourne kicks off soon. Look, this Wednesday recording time, um, and that means that we've had to do it like they did the press tour. So we went and did some interviews with them, and we've been mm-hmm. doing our um, podcast. We're two or three eps deep now, ready to drop them as the episodes air. Um, <gasps> oh, you you mean that it's not it's not live and a live reaction show, Stephen? Well, we then also do a follow up video web uh, thing to sort of be right. let's get us talking about what we thought about the episode and, and that sort of stuff. We're, at, we're, we're, we're behind the curtain here. This is exciting stuff. I know. It's all very crazy. Um, and we did something today that we've learned in the past we shouldn't do, and then we did it today, and we realized we probably shouldn't have done it today either. <laughs> and that is watch two episodes and record two episodes uh, kind of back-to-back. Yep. Um, because we got confused between what happened in episode three and what happened in episode two. Oh, no. So, yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that'll get you. That's all right. Yeah, we pushed through that. Our, our tens of followers and subscribers aren't really going to care that much. Um, we're just trying to be spo- entertaining. Spoilers? Oh, well, actually, we did drop a spoiler in episode two that um, hopefully the PR people aren't listening. But anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure they care that much either. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it's television and it's the Housewives. Now, this is the other thing. Uh, Nick is obsessed by all of the all of the Housewives franchise. I've watched bits of the North American franchises and even mm-hmm. over into the UK. Don't like them. Don't buy it. I just go, why would I want to watch these vacuous oxygen thieves? Um, whereas at least the ones in the Southern Hemisphere, there's a little bit of controversy with all of it. They, they tend to um, give you a reason to want to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so much with... 
the, the Northern Hemisphere ones. So I just draw a line and just go, not nah, anything above there I don't care about. One south of this I care about. So it's, it's a, what, you tell me, what is your take on uh, on Australian reality TV versus the stuff that comes out of the States? Because I've, I've, like, our household is a, a, a long-time Survivor fan. Yes. Are you watching uh, the latest season? Well, no, this is what I was about to get to. We have actually decided that we prefer Australian Survivor to the what? original product. Wow! And, and um, like we we miss Jeff a lot. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, Lapalia is just uh, he's, he's Jeff good. Light, the yeah, lightest he, Jeff. He's, he's fine. Uh, but what we find, uh, why we like it, is just we find the attitudes of the contestants in mm. Australian Survivor so much more refreshing than. Um, the, than the people who end up on the American show these days, like the per, like the, the personalities are better, and also people's approach to the game seems to be better. Like, like, like it, it amazes me still that this many years into Survivor, you can still get contestants who get like absolutely bent out of shape when they yeah. find out that someone has lied to them, and it's just like you're on Survivor. I know, you know. Um, and at least in the Australian one where, you know, no one's happy that they get lied to, but they all seem to accept, well, this is just part of the game and this is, you know, this is what you have to put up with. And so the, it, it, it still has conflict, but without this sort of weird, completely uh, bitchy overtone that, se- that seems mm. to creep into the, uh, the one from the US. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're on Team Australian Survivor at the moment. Look, it's fine, but I was really disappointed with how the first Survivor, Australian Survivor, ended. I thought that whole... That was just diabolical. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I didn't, you need to let me win this, because... Uh, shut up. That's not a strategy. That's just being a moaning, whining cow. Yeah, we, we weren't sort of thrilled with the, the result of the first one either. We were much, much happier this time around. We, we, uh, I actually called Jericho as a bit of a dark horse very early on. Uh, See, I didn't like his game either. I thought it was just crap. Just hiding behind everyone is not a game. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, and look, he, he was also a bit of a rabble rouser, and he was, he was the ultimate truth teller at Tribal Council. <laughs> he was great. He just, that's because he didn't understand what he was doing. He was blurting <laughs> stuff out. Well, well, well look, you, you may have something there. I think he, he, I think he was very lucky to win because his final Tribal Council performance was appalling. Yeah, average. Like, no, no, not even average. Appalling. Like, uh, he went in there with everyone, I, I think, pretty convinced that they were going to vote for him. And then, because he felt like he had to talk up the quality of his gameplay, he started sledging them all. And it's just like, you know, they know you beat them because you're sitting there and, and they're not. Just shut up. <laughs> just, yeah. just, just let them, let them vote for you. Yeah, the one thing you don't do is do. rub it in their faces. Or, or. It wasn't even so much rubbing in their faces as this weird retconning of how he'd played the game and why and all that sort of stuff. Oh. It's just like, oh, no. Yeah. You're not helping your case here, mate. Yes. But but uh, thankfully, it wasn't a repeat of, of the first season with a, a really outrageous outcome. I like um, the games. I like the, some of the stuff they've been doing with that. But then watching the latest season, um, Heroes, Hustlers, uh, Healers uh, from America... Uh, has reminded me not only why Jeff is so good at this and that he's been doing it forever, um, but that why would we want to watch anything else? You know, like, 
the, the, the dynamism and the fact that Americans are built for reality TV now. Like, they know what they need to do and what they need to say. And I stand yeah. here and I look here and I do this stuff. And it's done. Yeah. Look, we, we, should, we should try and watch it. You know, you know what? Part, part of what also has um, slowed down our survivor consumption, actually, and The Amazing Race, is the fact that they've been shunted off to the, um, the peripheral channels rather than the main ones. Why does it slow uh, things down? Oh, because well, because I watch little enough like free to air television as it is, and so uh, when the, when the stuff's on the peripheral channels at weird hours, we just forget that it's even on, and like we don't have a a DVR or anything like that anymore. Um, I guess it's on the catch up services, but the only, like iView and SBS on demand are the only catch up services that we regularly use. Yes. So, you know, because uh, yeah, so it's it just. A bit of consumption. I, I, I need to get back to the Amazing Race because I missed that. That, that. We, as much as we love Survivor, I think we like the Amazing Race even more. Well, I don't think you've missed much because Seven haven't had the Amazing Race on. Because <sighs> I know that they shunted it for one season to Seven Two or something like I that. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And we tried to watch that one, um, but, but then brought it back late at night. Yeah, and it was like just, just like I said. We watch so little free to air. It's you really, it's really got to be right place, right time to grab us. Otherwise, yeah. forget it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you know what I would watch? What? Doctor Harry visiting your place. Oh God! <laughs> oh. <laughs> the worst part now is that I just want it all fixed. I just want the the, the poor little chicken to be better. Because I just, mm. I just feel for this little chicken that's been bullied, that's had all of this, you know, attack to it, and now it's got to get better. It's got to do all the hard work of healing and and those sort of things, and it may never grow feathers out of the back of its head again. It look, it may not. It may be a very unique looking chicken, but yeah, that will that will have its own story to tell, though, Steve. Oh. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with all of this. <laughs> Uh look, it could have been, could have been worse. Don Burke could still be going around, and you could have invited him. But oh, yoink! <laughs> oh boy. Uh yep. Yeah, speaking of horrible misogynists, yeah, man, so, that's just gotten well out of hand, hasn't it? Well, here's the thing. Um, I don't know if you'd seen it floating around the Twitters. I'm going to guess you would have, because this sort of stuff's in your wheelhouse, but. Richard Glover was... Um, yes, his article from 1991 or whatever it was. Exactly, basically 2001, saying... 2001, sorry. Saying that Don Burke is in, an insufferable asshole and nobody likes him. Um, so it's, so while the, um, the, the claims of uh, harassment uh, aren't necessarily something that everyone in the general public knew, mm. um, it wasn't hard to have heard a story about him being an asshole. Um, so... That really and like all the TV execs lining up to can him is all well and good, but it's Mate. also a case of guys you enabled this guy. They for are complicit. Sometimes they have a lot to answer for. Honestly, yeah. if there are ever legal proceedings brought against Don Burke, then they have to line up against these schmucks because uh, oh. you can't just say, "Oh, you know, we knew he was a jerk, but we couldn't do anything about him." Or as um, Peter Meekin said, "Oh yeah, we knew he was horrible, but he was a cash cow, dude." <laughs> 
Like <laughs> clearly, you, Peter, clearly, clearly, Peter Meekin didn't take uh, any legal advice before making no, comments. You didn't think about that before you answered the question, did you? Oh boy, ah, oh, unbelievable. And 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 here's the thing: there, there, there have to be more shoes to drop. I mean, Tracy Spices. It says you know she's got a list of sixty something. It's crazy that sixty five people, including some executives who are still working, still doing this stuff. Like, how are you still doing this stuff? Oh, there, there, has got to be a reckoning, surely. Oh, it's coming, and the difficulty in all of this, right now. I'm, I'm I don't say this to negate anything uh, of the the people who've been affected and their experience. The difficulty in all of this is that there haven't been charges laid. It's just people coming out and saying this person did this and broadly speaking, the the moral outrage of, wow, you can't act like that. That's not cool. Yet, for particularly the Burke scenario, open secret. Everybody knew about it. Mm -hmm. And no Mm -hmm. one did anything. Yeah, that's... Like the poor women affected had to either leave or, you know, like stuff went on and it just got worse for them or whatever happened. And now they've come out and they've corroborated all this stuff and people are like, oh, yeah, well, we knew he was a dick. My goodness. Seriously? It's not cool. It, no. <laughs> it isn't. That, no. And, and Steve, I'll, I'll, that is probably one of the greatest understatements I think others will ever make. Yeah, look, I oh. say that in the deepest meaning of the word oh. not cool. Yeah, God. Why are people dicks, Stephen? Why? Why? Man. People are the worst. That's just as far as it gets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's no coming back from that, right? No. Well, and, and there isn't. And Well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just at the point where I, I, I'm, like, frustrated that, that this crap like, is still taking so long to play out. Mm. Like, uh, and, you know, I understand that people are being careful about what they say and making sure that they can corroborate it and whatnot because um, there's still a big chance of blowback. Like, um, oh, I think I heard the other day an offhand comment that Don Burke was even suggesting that he might um, sue people for defamation. Which, um, <laughs> gosh, you really want to open that can of worms? Jeepers. Yeah. Good luck. But, um, but someone who's, you know, maybe a bit more of a marginal case than Burke may very well go down that route to, rather than uh, admitting to uh, their behaviour. And, you know, then what do you do if you're the accuser and it's a, you know, a, a one-on-one sort of thing? So I can understand why people aren't rushing out, um, to, to name names mm. um, but part of me just wishes that they would that we just could get a like clean sweep get them all out like make sure they never work again don't, like don't let them be in positions where they, they have the type of authority where they can ruin people's lives yeah absolutely <sighs> if, if nothing else it's going to mean that it should be harder in future for new perpetrators to to you know kind of get into a position where they can act like this uh, but it's it's a pendulum swing right we're coming back from when 
all these people in Hollywood and, and TV, Australia and America have had is people telling me, you're a star, you're powerful, you're important, and having people fawn over them and do everything for them that they wanted. That's all they've had. Mm. And consequently, I'm not saying it excuses it, consequently it leads to them making some very bad decisions about how they express who they are and the way that they interact with people. Mm. Um, which manifests in some situations into these weird sexual uh, power struggles where, oh, no, I'm just going to get it out and have a jerk off into that plant because I'm going to make you watch me. Um, no, that is not a thing, guys. Uh, I, I think it will be way too hard for, for guys particularly to be in that position where they can um, do that because now it's just swung back the other way where it's all we're all victims. Hey, this is all what happened to us. This is a thing. Great. Okay, tell us your story. We'll believe you that then starts to come back at some point. It will go back towards the power, but not not go all the way. I think it will almost come back like it's hit a brick wall at the center somewhere. Or it may tick a little way over and we'll go, how can you be getting away with this after everything that has just gone on? See, the Oregon, the, the, the one that still astonishes me uh, that hasn't uh, really seen much of a reckoning is the music industry. Mm. Because, like... One of the things, like in the Rolf Harris trial, um, that he tried to use as an excuse at some point, yes, was that well, this is what was happening everywhere, and while that's not a <laughs> newsflash, that's not a good enough excuse. No. I don't think he was making that up. So, you know, right now, um, you know, we're seeing uh, we're seeing people in Hollywood, we're seeing people in television land. Um, starting to be held accountable for some of their behaviour. But, like, do, do you believe that, you know, every member of the Rolling Stones has always engaged in appropriate sexual behaviour? No. <laughs> right? Or um, many. Like, I'm sure we could list out pretty much every band and just go, yeah, no, that's not a thing. No, no oh, none well, of them. Did you see what's his name from In Excess on the weekend um, saying that he missed the fact that you know a, sla- a, a slap on the bum used to be so- taken as a compliment? It's like, uh. oh no, no, I'm going to guess that had you asked those people, they didn't see it as a compliment. It was just you being a creep. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's 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 got to come surely at some point. Please, oh, boy. please, can it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, but see, I guess that's where it, it starts to get weird though because you know music has had that groupy culture and, and that sort of thing mm. um, that probably it wasn't as um, pronounced in say TV and films even though yes. it was to an, ex- to, an ex- to an extent like do you think that's part of the reason why maybe they've got away with that behaviour was that um, there was more of an expectation of, of of it, or was there like a, like different layers of consent, or like it's it it, it's, it all gets yeah. very grey and very weird very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think the difficulty between music and like the TV Hollywood scenario is that similarities. There will have been groupies slash fans in both of those worlds that will have been people that were throwing themselves at uh, the stars that became these perpetrators or these men or women of power. Um, 
I say that broadly, I'm sure it's all but all dudes. Um, that were like, yeah, yeah, no, I think you're really amazing. And of course I will do all of these sexual things to you that I've just explained. Where, you know, the person in that situation just gets to go, okay, and it happens. Um, so depending on how often it happens, it also might build up an expectation that if you're someone that is professing fandom, that therefore you might expect, well, come on, let's go into my dressing room. I'll lock the door with this button under my desk and you can do all the things that you are thinking right now. And that person goes, but I just wanted a signature. Like, what's going on here? So there's elements of that. But the flip is, I guess, that in a music culture situation, um, it seems almost endemic to it. Whereas in, like, I'm sure that it will come out in the same process as this, that we'll learn that insert band person here or manager or record label owner or, um, you know, famous singer or whoever has acted inappropriately towards people in their employ or yeah, people that work near exactly. them or guests in that scenario. When it's, when it's a fandom situation, it doesn't make it any less. Certainly it's, you know, rape or, or sexual assault. If you do it in an unwanted scenario in, in a position, when you're in a position that you're in the spotlight and people are throwing themselves at you, there's, I guess it's a grayer line. And I don't, I, I really don't mean to diminish any of this, for anyone that has suffered at the hands of these people. When it's someone like a Matt, let's go with a Matt Lauer, Mm. right? He was hitting up people that he worked with. He was using his power to put them in positions of compromise or make them feel pressured that they had to do things. And he was just walking around with his pants off, you know? Who does that? And, And it's in a workplace. Like if I was to go to my workplace and walk around with my pants off, that no, no one is going to be pleased about that. Steve, I work from home and even I wear pants. Yeah, that's right. In your workplace, wearing pants isn't optional. Uh, it's just, yeah, look, uh, I know what you're saying about the groupie thing and uh, and like that, that's where I think it's going to be really grey and, and really, uh, it, it, it's going to get messy like because you are going to have like the Rolf Harris style scenario where you have, it, it becomes a, I say it's, consensual you say it's abuse and mm. it's oh. why are people dicks Steve <laughs> oh man I oh, wish we could explain it yeah I got nothing who does who does that's part of the problem um uh, Buddha yeah uh, I think we're kind of looking for somebody that's like here that we could sit down and talk to look Sure. <laughs> I mean, if, if we're going to go down that path, then I would say Jesus. Um, and, and at the risk of alienating my evangelical friends, he's not a guy that I can just sit down across the table from and have a coffee with. <laughs> no, no, no. Fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, look, I get it. I, I, I can... I can yeah. the, pro- the, the problem always comes down to interpretation with those people who aren't around to sort of have that one-on-one with, I guess. I guess that's why we're still seeing, uh, you know, uh, people supporting, uh, like, Roy Moore in the US Senate and stuff like that. Because at least he's he's not a baby killer. Wow, man. When the the bar is set that high, what is going on? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But but let's not go down that path because we we will be here for a lot longer and... 
Uh, I, I don't know that my my, my uh, poor brain can take it today, Steve. Well, my brain's already farted once. This is this conversation. I'm not sure I can handle another. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I'll, I'll leave you to go and um, uh, go back to searching um, skin grafts for, <sighs> for No, pets. I don't. <laughs> Just even having done it that once was bad enough. <laughs> Oh, uh, look, do, do you need to rent some time in a hyperbaric chamber for it to help her heal up quicker? <laughs> look, possibly. I don't, just, look, I don't just, even just, know. Just add it, add it to the bill. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, dear, Stephen. Well, I, no, I genuinely do hope that Coco heals quickly um, and that uh, Coco and Char-Char's anxiety levels reduce and that Mrs. Cluckington um, decides to, to move on and... and uh, and not terrorise your, 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 your home and family anymore. Yeah, well, she hasn't shown up in the rain yet, but I haven't gone for a walk yet either, so she may have decided to hunker down somewhere near... But, oh, I don't know, who cares? I just want to get rid of her. <laughs> if she comes anywhere near me, then, like I said, if I can get her in a box, she's going to the RSPCA. Oh, dear. Good luck, Steve. Yeah, thanks, Dave. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.